Ayo, hey, it's Cidro. Holler at the people. 10,000 tacos. Yo, hey, yo, they never call me Flaco. 10,000 tacos. I like mine with cilantro. 10,000 tacos. Twist the line, get the taco. 10,000 yo, tacos. Yo, so much honor while Isidro talk about it. It's 10,000 tacos. Hey, yo, I probably ate 10,000 tacos. I can still eat 10,000 more, though. Yo, yo, they might not call me Flaco, but they sure can call me Gordo. It's 10,000 tacos. What, what? 10,000 tacos. What, what? 10,000 Tacos. Yo, 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 10,000 tacos. Flow Bama. Is there gonna be tacos after this? I'm hella hungry, bro. Alright, cool. Caesar Mega. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to 10,000 Tacos. I'm Isidro Salas. Today on the show, I want to talk about a time that my parents stood up to a bully. They went up against what was perceived as a person you couldn't go against. So today's episode, I wanted to tell you that story because it happened or it brought me back. The reason why I thought about this episode, because a couple of weeks back, it's actually been like three, three weeks ago. On a Wednesday, I took a trip down to Los Angeles, the LA area, and I went down there to visit Rob Goki. If you remember a few episodes back where I got to meet Rob Goki, he's also a podcaster who has a podcast called Taco City. He had arranged the taco crawl where he's just going to host me and pick me up from the airport, go to a couple of these places, do some taco exploration, if you will. So leading up to the trip, I got a Twitter message from someone. The profile was Wiss Catering, and that just automatically brought something up. I said, I know that name. It turns out when I replied to the message, it was the message said, hey, I, I look forward to hearing more of your podcast. I replied, and one of the things that I said was, this isn't going to surprise you, but the truck, the logo, the inspiration behind the truck that we have, you guys manufactured it. And <laughs> he came back with what I thought was now it's a talk quote. It is, or it was such an enlightful message. And he says, we must have met many tacos ago. And I thought, man, that is so cool. It just, I had this big old smile on my face. My wife clearly knew something. Anyway, as the trip was coming up, I mentioned to this person, his name is Mike. I asked him, hey, can we, I'm going to be in Southern California. Do you mind if we drop by? And of course, he was like, absolutely, I'll make time. And he was so accommodating. I thought, man, this was cool. This is a cool thing. Sure enough, we got down there when Rob picked me up from the airport. We went straight down there. And it wasn't an easy drive. It was, you've heard of this Southern California traffic. It's a real thing. <laughs> so it took us quite a bit of time to get down there. But when we got there, we sat down with Mike. He, we just had, we're having this conversation around the business that he has, a little bit of background on me. Rob had a few things to ask. And after a few minutes of sitting down, he takes us into the warehouse and he gives us a tour of the facility. And once I got in there and passed by one of the trucks that was being manufactured, I got this whiff of what the truck smelled like. And I was quickly just, oh man, I was taken back to a memory. And a memory of when I went with my father to go pick up our very first truck.
which would eventually be La Chiquita. And then getting a chance to sit down with Mike. Mike is the son of the founder of that company. His father and his uncle started that company, I want to say 60 years ago. So they were obviously visionaries. And I just, I wanted to go down to Southern California, of course, to hang out with Rob and taste all these wonderful tacos places that he was going to take me to. But just as importantly, I wanted to shake Mike's hand because he directly played a pivotal role in our lives. So in case you're listening, Mike, I didn't really, I didn't, I'm so excited. I didn't get a chance to really thank you, but thank you for that day. Moving on with the episode, I wanted to tell you about the story of when my dad and I went to pick up the truck. And when we got back, we had to turn in the truck we were renting because we were renting a truck at the time. We were renting a food truck and the owner of the truck who we were renting it from wasn't happy. And this owner decided that she was going to try to bully, intimidate, harass, and even threaten my parents. my parents they stood their ground they stood steadfast and faced this bully bully in the food truck yard because that's what it really was it was similar to a David versus Goliath story what's what most people get wrong with David versus Goliath is that David was a brave soldier he was very skilled smart and defeating Goliath was not a surprise so I encourage you guys to go and look into that story a little bit more because most people get it wrong. They think that they hear David versus Goliath is they're surprised that the underdog won. You'd be surprised. Anyway, my parents, they stood up to this bully. When she, this person, berated them in front of everyone else, my parents stood their ground, like I mentioned earlier, but they did it from a distance, enough distance to make sure that this person didn't pull them into an argument. Because as we know, people who are bullies, they want to get you in where they're comfortable where they're comfortable is it is arguing with you and making you look bad so my parents knew they couldn't get pulled into that that'll prove to be pivotal later on so again this person the bully we're calling her the bully sought to frighten my parents by sending another truck <laughs> after my parents bought their own truck this person sent another truck to steal their stops as part of their route. And so before we get a little bit ahead, I just want to give you a little bit of background here. When my parents started their food truck endeavor, my parents started out with a small pickup truck with a box in the back. Now my parents, they knew that they needed a bigger truck in order to increase their revenue. They, they just knew they needed to be, they were looking around and they saw all these bigger trucks and they knew they were the little truck. <laughs> like they knew they needed a bigger truck. So they found the person who was renting out these trucks and at first it was a good relationship you know my parents approached this person and said hey can we rent one of your trucks and this person was absolutely yeah this is why i have so many of them so i could rent them out so this person we'll call her doña doña is female feminine for don right so don people that are dons like don coleon <laughs> anyway 
So we'll call her Doña because it's a fitting name for her. It's like a Don in that yard. Big figure. Anyway, she rented my parents a truck with a few stops, meaning that when the truck came, my parents already had a few places to go to start selling their food. And within a few months, my parents grew the route, the number of stops in their daily route. And they added more and more stops. And when they did add more stops, they grew their clientele by a lot. So my mother, you know, as she was learning more and more about the business side through just basic discipline and diligence and financial summary, looking at what we were doing, she saw that we were paying too much for rent for this truck. So she thought, hey, well, what if I just asked? So when my mom went and asked for a rent reduction, Doña was <laughs> pretty adamant, like a big no. And not only did she say no, she said, if you ever bother me with this type of request where you want to decrease your rent, I will not only say no, but I will increase your rent. And then she says to my mom, and then there is nothing. When I increase your rent, there is nothing you can do about it. I know you are an illegal to this country. And it just takes a little phone call to the immigration. And, then, and she left it at that. So of course my mom got really scared and she dropped it. She dropped that request because, oh, you know, we're not, we're not going to shake the boat, so to speak. But then as time went on, my parents, of course, they were making good food and their reputation for being friendly got them more business. So much so that eventually they would get additional stops and they couldn't handle them. So my parents would give those stops, even though they were revenue generating stops, they would give it to other people. They would buy, hey, I have too many stops. And then so giving other people opportunities to increase their revenue. And it wasn't because my parents were, hey, nice, and they want to give away business. My parents, when they were breaking into the business, other people would give them stops. They would give, there was like this little network of where the stops are, the popular ones. And when you were overwhelmed, you give other stops to other people. There was no commission or regulatory agency that said who can own stops. It, this was all informal. This was like a friendship economy. So my parents started giving away a little more stops because they couldn't handle them. But anyway, Doña took notice that my parents were doing this and wondered, well, why? Obviously, she figured out that they were making more money. So Doña went to my parents and said that she was going to go increase their rent on the truck. Of course, this baffled my mom. She was bewildered. And she said to herself, well, wait a minute. I did what she said. She said, don't ask me for a decrease. So naturally, she thought, well, as long as I don't ask, she shouldn't increase. Doña should not increase our rent. So why is she asking for an increase? And it wasn't like if she was asking. This was more like a demand. Doña told my mom, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. And there's nothing you can do about it.
this resonated deeply because the previous time that Doña had threatened my mom with this, she knew what she meant. So my parents started asking around quietly to others who were renting from Doña. And then they found out that she was treating others the same way. She was intimidating, threatening, holding something over them. Because a lot of her clientele, the people who rented from her, were like my parents. They didn't have the proper papers to be here. So again, my mom set out quietly to plan how she can get out of this situation. And she knew it was going to be risky, but it had to be done. So she naturally asked herself, what is it that I need to do to buy my own truck? She started making phone calls again quietly and she started getting more and more information of what needed to happen to set in motion a plan that would allow my parents to free themselves from renting especially from a boy so that what leads me to that one day it was a saturday morning and i don't even know how this happened my dad doesn't remember that much and i asked my mom why was it me who went with my father to go pick up our new truck and I I don't really care <laughs> because it was a pretty good adventure I got to go with my dad and anybody who's familiar with California when you drive down to Southern California from Northern California you take this famous interstate called the I-5 and it's a very long freeway I mean you're on this interstate for what appears to be forever but it's really four hours and it's just a straightaway it's going from north to south and then you get into Southern California, and I remember this long journey, but when we got to Southern California, Bell Gardens to be exact, we drive into this yard full of catering trucks, a bunch of new catering trucks. And at that time, it's not like today, a lot of these trucks have all these logos and they're distinguishable by their own characteristics. Back then, all these trucks looked the same. So when we drove up to this area, there were nothing but white trucks, and it was really, really effing cool to see a bunch of them. I had no idea that we were gonna be driving one of those home. So as I remember coming home with it, I just knew, man, this is ours. And just that distinct smell that was in this truck, brand new truck, it was a very proud moment for me. So when we got back, we needed to take all the existing merchandise products from the old truck that we were renting and put it on to the new truck. So I remember that Monday morning, we all got up early, my siblings and I, we all of us got up and we went with our parents to this taco truck yard where all these trucks would get domiciled so we could exchange these things. And we were all doing it because we knew we, we had a new truck. This was our new truck. And sure enough, Doña, she comes up. She starts walking towards us. And you could tell she was being her usual self. She was like a pumped up chest, sort of like a bodybuilder. You ever watch these bodybuilders when they walk around, they swing their arms sort of like they're taking up unnecessary space? Well, this was the case, you know, and she comes up to my dad. And I remember this distinctly. 
because first she seems friendly, but then she just switches. She asks my dad, what is this? Oh, it's our truck, my dad replies. And, and you know, he says it was the same pride because again, it smelled like she's <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it smells like a new car. And we all know when we get into a new car, like the way it smells, it's indistinguishable, right? It's, you know, it's a new car. They call it the new car smell for a reason. And then she tells my dad, well, good thing, because I actually came this morning to take my truck back. She tells my dad, my dad's like, oh, hey, perfect timing. Well, here you go. You know, we're almost done. And here you go. And this seemed to piss her off because I could tell that she was bothered. I was over there working on the ice. I was paying attention to this conversation. And then she says, but um, I'm also going to need a list of all your stops, the, the route that you have. And my dad kind of was taken back and he says, well, why? She says, well, because they came with the truck that I rented you. And my dad said, yeah, but we've added, we've added since you rented to us, we've added to that. And those are ours. And she says, no, 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 those are mine. They go with the truck that I'm taking back. And my dad says, no, he stands up to her and says, no, she seems surprised. But my dad proceeded and he says, no. They're ours. Those stops are ours. And then I hear her say, well, we'll see about that. After I make this little call, she tells my dad. We knew what that call meant. Scared out of his mind. He knew what that call meant. My dad decided to disguise his fear. And I remember his reply. Yeah, we'll see. Donya starts walking away with this stupid look. She has this look of revenge. It was a really scary look as she was walking away. For the next few weeks, another truck was following my parents and would open their truck doors right in front of my parents and they would try to take some of the customers. A few of those customers went over to the other truck. But my parents knew it was Donya wanting to intimidate them by sending another truck. And it failed. It failed because, like I mentioned before, my parents' food and their friendly reputation spoke for them. And they were very confident that the market would decide. And the market decided. That truck that was following around my parents quickly figured out that they were not making any money so they stopped following them around because what was their point to chase around a truck that was not giving them any business so that of course pissed off Doña even more and then there was that threat that she made I'm going to call the immigration on me and as scary as that was it was just a threat Doña couldn't call the immigration why? Because her business depended on illegals. Without illegals, she didn't have people to push around. She made her money by taking advantage of weak people. And she knew she could hang 
the immigration above their head and they would comply. But remember what I said about David versus Goliath? David was smart and skilled. My parents took that approach. They called her on her bluff. It was a risk to take, but they called her on her bluff. They knew that if Doña called the immigration, she was gonna scare off a lot of other people that were paying her an enormous amount of money, so she didn't do it. And my parents knew that wouldn't work. So my parents got a new truck. The bully went on the attack first by trying to berate them in front of them and then by trying to intimidate them and eventually by trying to threaten them. Confronting the bully, my parents, it gave them confidence, right? Once people around there saw how they handled that bully, other people started to do the same thing. It put that bully on notice that, you know, she was no longer that intimidating force. They saw her weakness. And because of that, she actually left. She went on to go do her bullying in another place, I guess. And my parents, they'd leave that yard too. But it wasn't because they were being bullied by another person. When they stood up to this bully, that gave them so much confidence. They eventually went to a bigger yard. They overcame that obstacle of staying small and the result was a bigger platform it went to a bigger yard with more resources and it was closer to home by standing up to the bully they they won this story is important is because we face a lot of challenges every single day we always have something that's preventing us from taking that next step and unfortunately especially young adults get intimidated by people or anybody they get intimidated by people who think they're bigger than them they, they're just the bully so my parents did get lucky maybe but the point is that they stood up to this person. And that's what I want you guys to take away from this. Sometimes we create our own bullies inside that prevents us from growing and taking that next step. It's what I love about this. It's been able to tell me that my parents had this ability to stand up against this bigger force. And eventually that helped propel them to go and buy another truck. <laughs> Get their own truck. And that is all for this episode and our very first season. Yes, you heard that correctly. We just completed our first season. This is the last episode. We'll be back in a couple of months. In between, we'll have some bonus episodes starting in a couple of weeks where you will find out one of the key contributors to this podcast when we do a behind the scenes. I would like to take this opportunity to thank all of you for giving us your time, the support. This is the only reason why we do this. You guys continue to come back and you continue to give us comments 
a lot of great support comments and we love that please i also want to thank flobama screech beats and the rest of caesar omega for providing us with a theme song they have a new song out i'll put a link on the show notes to it i i personally love it i'm that dude is the name of the track and once you listen to it you'll know why i love what they do especially for our theme song podcast this has been a very very awesome year i want to thank my wife for helping me launch this podcast and her overwhelming support i wouldn't have done it without her thank you honey i'm isidro salas and this is ten thousand tacos yeah we completed the first year man oh god this is such a cool feeling if you'd have asked me a last you know, last year, would, would I have a, launched a podcast? Well, it took about two years to launch. But in when I first published the episode, I was so nervous and, and just, oh. The fact that on August 15th, we'll hit a year, it is just, I can't believe it. It's a cool feeling.